Welcome to the New Money Habits Podcast, where we talk about how to create a better plan for your money so you don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. Here are your hosts, Sarah Jones and Nino Villa. Welcome back, Budgeteers. Coach Nino Villa here alongside me. It's Sarah Jones, my partner on the airways. Hi, Sarah. How are you and where are you? Well, hello, hello, Nino. Hey, everyone. Um, we are still in Georgia um, on the kind of close to the coast. So if you've listened to a couple of past episodes, I've kind of talked about where we're at. Um, it is raining today um, and very humid. But, um, Nino, I know you're going to love this. And I'm going to use air quotes around love this. But I have seen so many fun little creatures around here oh, lately. Boy. Oh boy! <laughs> I saw a snake um, earlier this morning. My husband does not like snakes. He is not a snake lover at all. And um, there was one kind of crawling behind our, our uh, camper this morning. And I literally grabbed my phone and was yelling. I'm like, oh, there's a snake. And, he, and he's like, you're seriously not going to go out and take a picture of it, are you? I'm like, yes, of course I am. Like, I have to. It's what I do. So found my shoes and ran out and grabbed a, a little picture of him. He was too far away by the time I got out. But um Love taking all the pictures of all my little creature friends around here. <laughs> I have no words. I'm rendered speechless. Um, I'm glad you are enjoying the environment around you. Uh, better you than me. <laughs> all of those things. Well, and some of them aren't so little. So I will say I've taken some pictures of some big creatures that we've come face to face with. That was a little terrifying as well, but uh, I don't know. It's just, it's all part of the journey, right? That's right. I do re recall receiving a uh, picture text from you a couple of weeks ago about the gator. I don't know if they're gators or crocs down there, but whatever they are, he seemed like he was big and very, very nearby. Uh, yes to both of those. And... <laughs> I snapped a quick picture and then I took off because, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that gets like, you know, eaten by a wild animal just because she had to get too close, you know, to like, so I know my limits. So yeah. don't, don't freak out. I, I stay at a healthy distance, but um, those things yeah, do happen. No, no headlines. All right. No full-time RVer <laughs> didn't know not to get that close to Crocs. <laughs> right. Yep. Um, I kept my distance. Very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about be, the difference between being poor and being broke today. Um, I want to ask a question here in a moment that will get us started, but um, I, I, want, I, I want our listeners to kind of think about this for just a second. Are you poor or broke while you're thinking about that, don't miss out on available uh, the financial insights here on the podcast. Subscribe to the New Money Habit podcast today and unlock a wealth of knowledge to empower your financial journey. Stay up to date with the latest episodes as Sarah and I discuss practical tips as we host expert guests and have thought-provoking discussions on all things money-related. Hit that subscribe button now and join our community of savvy listeners. And while you're in the process of doing things, are you ready to take your financial growth to the next level? Schedule a free discovery call today with either Sarah or myself, 
And during your personalized session, we'll discuss your specific financial goals. We'll gain clarity on your challenges and your specific, uh, yeah, and explore how working with a financial coach can accelerate your progress. So don't miss out on this valuable opportunity. Book your free discovery call now and create the new money habits needed to achieve financial freedom. So I just posed a question to the audience and I said, are you poor or broke? So let's talk about that. What What's the difference between being poor and being broke in your estimation? Mm, well, I can tell you that um, I lived most of my life being broke, you know, and um, definitely a mindset. Being broke is a mindset. It uh, has I, I will say nothing to do with the actual amount of money that you make. It's all mindset. And I lived much of my life being very broke. Mm. I love that you use the word mindset because I cannot agree more with you that I think it is just a mindset. I think lots of people who think that they might be poor will actually find out that they're just broke. In fact, I'm such a numbers nerd and I geek out on this stuff so much that I wanted to share a few numbers mm -hmm. with our listeners just so you have an understanding. Okay. So society's definition of poor in the United States. Now, why am I going with society's definition? Because we have some federal government institutions that track things and they kind of make some determinations about what it, it means to be poor. So the federal minimum wage, I want to start there. For for as much as minimum wage is going up in different states and we hear like $15 an hour in some states are at, as, you know, here in Arizona, I think it's $12.80 an hour uh, nowadays. But as much as states might be changing it, do, do our listeners know, Sarah, do you know that the federal minimum wage on record is still $7.25 an hour? I, I think that, that that's crazy. <clears throat> it's crazy. <laughs> and a, a quick little, you know, it hasn't gone up much, Nino, because 20 years ago, federal minimum wage was about $5 an hour. Yeah. Um, and so in 20 years, the increase in that is very, very minimal. And I think it's crazy. Yeah. So here's the even crazier part. If somebody's making $7.25 an hour, and if they were working 40 hours a week full time throughout the entire year, they would make about $15,000. And that is the federal government's poverty line for a single person. So mm -hmm. the federal government is not going to step in and help you pay for things like food and housing unless you make less than $15,000 a year. So when we're talking about poor and when we're talking about somebody who is getting subsidized housing or they're, they're, they're getting food stamps or they're getting some sort of government assistance for somebody single, it's $15,000. And for a family of four, it's only double. It's $30,000. So if mm -hmm. you make more than $30,000 a year, by the federal government standards, you are not poor, you're broke. I just wanted to put that out there. Hmm. I have so many thoughts on this. <laughs> so many <laughs> thoughts. Um, 
And I, I want to tell a little bit of a story here because when I went through my divorce, Nino, um, and that was, <clears throat> geez, when was that? Almost 20 years ago. It was 19 years ago. I was a single mom. I had two kids. Um, I was making about $15 an hour at that time. Um, but I was not a full-time employee. I was considered part-time. So I was only guaranteed 20 hours a week. Um, so I had good health insurance. You know, I'm not going to go into, you know, why I stayed at that job, but I, I stayed because I was making pretty good money for, you know, 19 years ago, 15 bucks an hour was pretty good. Had good health insurance, which I needed for my children. I did not get child support when I went through my divorce and it was really hard, really, really hard paying bills. I had a home. So paying my mortgage, I had a car payment. You know, I had, I was lucky if I had $30 a week left over for groceries, for food, for me and my kids. And, um, I was like, okay, I need some help. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to better myself. I'm trying to get this stuff paid off, but I could really use some help. And, um, I made too much money, um, mm. to receive even, um, free or reduced lunches for my son at the time. My daughter was um, an infant still. Um, but my son was in kindergarten. I made too much to get help for free, free and reduced lunches. I made too much money to get help with my heating and gas bill at my home. Um, really frustrating. So I can tell you that if you are in that situation, I absolutely know what it feels like to need some help and feel like you're doing everything you can, but you make too much money. Yeah, that's super frustrating. And it, that could take me down an entire <laughs> rabbit hole that I will uh, do my best to stay out of today. But uh, <laughs> we should do a future episode on uh, when you are just outside of the dollar amounts needed to get any type of subsidies, but you're still doing everything that you can. Um, but today's Topic is about the difference between being poor and broke. So it sounds like um, you were both poor and broke 19 years ago. <laughs> For a period um, of time, yep. <laughs> but you also claimed a few moments ago that it was it's more of a mindset than anything. So how did you get out of where you were? Mm, you know, it, it really hasn't been up until recently um, where I really started to um, dig deeper into money, dig deeper into my relationship with my husband and why we weren't communicating very well. And I use the word broke all the time. I grew up hearing the word we're broke all the time. Like that was part of the vocabulary that I heard. And I grew up watching my dad have several businesses and a job, you know, but we were always broke, right? It, there mm -hmm. never was enough. There was never enough money. So I grew up hearing that. And then it just, it took over into my adulthood. And so what really changed it, Nina, was when I decided that I really wanted to help other people with their money because I had some of the skills down, you know, I had the fundamentals of putting numbers down and, but I didn't, I had to really dig into that mindset and, and because I wanted to work with other people, I had to look at myself first. And what I recognized was, is I have been living in this broke mindset my entire life because I never defined what enough was. I never learned how to be happy with what mm -hmm. I had while also working to change the situation, right? Just because you're, you're, you're 
happy, you know, I, I I never, yeah. And content and, and just showing gratitude for everything that I had. I didn't do that. It was always wanting more, always wanting more. Right. And, um, so there's a lot of things that went into changing the mindset and it's, it's still ongoing. It still is ongoing. I'm proud to say I no longer live a broke life anymore. Um, Mm. but it's taken years to really get through that. Um, and it's a lot of work. It's a lot of, it's a, it's a journey, a healing journey for me and for a lot of my clients to work through that mindset of feeling broke all the time. Yeah. I'll tell you, I work almost exclusively with broke people and <laughs> that goes from is uh, my, one of my favorite clients that I've talked about uh, on the program before. And that is she made maybe 25 or $30,000 a year. Right, which is not based on the the numbers I shared uh, just recently. Um, she's very close to that poor. Now she's single, so because she was making more than fifteen thousand, I guess she wasn't poor. But um, with the incredible discipline that she had, she was able to take even that twenty five, thirty thousand dollars that she was making a year, and all of a sudden she wasn't broke. She was able to pay all of her bills. There was a surplus. But what's more interesting to me or, yeah, more interesting to me is how many individuals and couples I work with who make six-figure incomes, 100000 125 175 together, 250 the medical director that I worked with. And these people are broke. These mm-hmm. people are like, I don't have a surplus. I, I'm spending every single dollar that's coming in. And it's because they're living without a plan. So they're broke, but they certainly are not poor. Mm-hmm. I think I think many of our listeners would be like, what are you talking about? If I had a $250,000 income every year, I would be able to manage just fine. But ex- except that too often, as the income goes up, so does the lifestyle and And when none of it's in check and when it's unplanned and it just kind of happens, you start to find yourself in a situation where you're broke, even when you have a strong income. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite um, mentors um, shared this kind of quote with me and I stand by it and it really plays into the, the broke mentality is that money is an amplifier. So whatever you do really well with money, when you make more of it, you're going to continue to do really well. And money also, or money is also an amplifier of all those, I'll call them bad habits, all those things that you're not good with, all the the overspending, right? Living outside of your means isn't taken away when you make more money. It's amplified as well. And so um, that broke mindset, if you are broke at $30,000 a year, you're going to be broke at $250,000 a year, right? It, it's, and that's why I mentioned at the beginning, it has nothing to do with the amount of money that you're making and how you use that money that you're making that really makes the difference, right? Yep. And there, you know, there's, there it is, how you use, manage, behavior, what it is that you do, right? We always talk about habits and how you behave. And so, how can our listeners change one their mindset and get out of that broke mindset but more importantly or maybe equally as important how can they start to change their behaviors around how they're managing their money so that they get out of not only being in a broke mindset 
but they put an end to being broke, period. Hmm. Well, I think there's a lot of steps. Number one is putting a plan in place, you know, really sitting down and creating a plan for your money um, because that hits kind of the mechanics part of it. I, I kind of say the ma- the magic and the mechanics of money, right? And so that hits the the mechanics, the the um, the nitty gritty, you know, this is how much you're making and this is how much you're spending and you can plan that out. Um, and the second piece I would say for a lot of people, what I recommend is start to journal. Um, start to journal because this is going to start working on the mindset of it, right? And you can start to identify, you know, what am I really grateful for, right? And so when you're journaling and you're not focusing just on the negative, but you're, okay, what am I really grateful for? What have I been able to accomplish? Use that good stuff, right? Use those good things that you've done and also be honest and say, okay, now wh- what is enough? Define enough. Define that happiness for yourself, right? And again, this is a, a process, but those are two things that people can do right off the bat to get going. Create a plan and start to journal. Mm-hmm. I like what you said about the specifics of the journaling. Uh, first, start listing out the things that you're grateful for. Um, we mentioned the the word kind of in passing a, a few moments ago, and that word is contentment. There, there's mm-hmm. something to be set, said for being content. Uh, content is not complacency. So it does, it's not somewhere that like you get to, and then you just kind of coast and, you know, you you never have a drive to, to do anything different. That's, you know, but contentment is this place where I'm not going to be defined by my circumstances mm-hmm. that I'm going to find um, joy, happiness, and peace in where I am. And while I plan for the next thing and like how I'm going to get there, um, it goes back to the first word that you use and that's creating a plan, right? Specifically, you were talking about a budget and yes, income in, out go, go, and what's my surplus or my deficit and how do I got to just manage better? But then also part of your plan should be, what am I trying to achieve? Why am I trying to achieve it? That goes back to your value statements. Right? Is this something that I value? Is it al- does it align to my values? And so then putting this plan in place and kind of setting some goals and figuring out what am I grateful for? What am I trying to achieve? The why am I trying to achieve it? Is it because there's just this sense of there isn't enough or I'm trying to keep up with Joneses or whatever that is? Or is it, okay, no, you know what? I'm I'm incredibly grateful and content with what I have. I would like this for these reasons. And then what is the plan to go from A to B? I love that. And I, I just want to highlight, because I know you said it, but I want to make sure that our listeners get it. There is nothing wrong with wanting more. There's nothing wrong with wanting more money. There's nothing wrong with wanting a different car. There's nothing wrong with wanting different clothes or to travel. But it doesn't mean that you use that to your, to, as the excuse, right. For not having a plan for your money. And it doesn't mean that just because you can't do all of that right now that you're broke. It just means that we need to redefine what happiness looks like for us and really looking at to your point. Why, why do I want to travel? Like really, really sitting down and thinking about that. What is the purpose of me wanting to travel? And then how can I make that happen? Right. I think that's what those are really powerful questions that we can ask ourselves is putting this plan 
making these goals, this vision, creating this vision for your life. And, you know, I'm going to step out on kind of a limb here and say, you know, with most of the people that I've worked with, they've wanted these things, but they had no idea why they wanted these things, right? That I, I want this. I want to travel. I want to buy this home. I want to live here. I want, I want, I want, but they didn't know why. And I think mm-hmm. some of it comes back to societal, you know, what's kind of thrown in our face, you know, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, I mean, really wanting it because somebody else has it. But when we started to identify what is it that you actually want, those things changed. And then it started really to change that mindset and thinking, I'm not actually broke. I'm just not spending my money in the areas that are important to me. Yeah. Right. And, and that goes hand in hand with creating the plan, seeing that vision and the journaling. And it really comes together. I think a lot quicker than a lot of people think it does. Yeah. I want to piggyback off of uh, something you just said as well. And that is the, not knowing why they want it. You know, I think mm-hmm. oftentimes, maybe all the time, I don't know. I'm not a big philosopher, so I don't, I can't say if it's some of the time, all the time, whatever, but <clears throat> we're looking for, for, we're looking for fulfillment. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, a lot of times, many times, we're looking for fulfillment in the wrong things, the wrong areas. I'm going to buy that new car. It's going to fulfill me. No, it's not. I'm going to buy that bigger house. It's going to fulfill me. No, it's not. But when, to your point, when you can figure out like why, like if, if you have a growing family and it's, I want a house so that we have individual spaces, but then we also have a space to come together and we have space to host people and bring them to our home because we love to, you know, spend time with others and, and just kind of pour into other people's lives that way. And, and now all of a sudden you, you, you know, have a house that can host people and it's got this beautiful backyard and you can bring people over and you're communing and all that. Well, now you're probably getting fulfilled. It wasn't the house that fulfilled you. It was this deeper desire for community. Now, with all that being said, I'm also going to caution our listeners. You don't have to wait until you have these things to be fulfilled in those ways. Mm-hmm. Just saying, but I think we're looking for fulfillment and oftentimes we're misguided and we think I'll be fulfilled. If I have this, I'll be fulfilled. If I take this trip, I'll be fulfilled. It doesn't I, happen. It doesn't <laughs> happen. No. And I think that comes back to the gratitude piece and the contentment, you know, and, and, um, you know, there was a period of time in my life. I lived in a very small home. We sold that home and got a, a house that was three times the size, right? Mm. Now I live in, I literally <laughs> live in a house now that's half the size of my first home, <laughs> right? So, um, but I am more content and more fulfilled now. And it has nothing to do with the, the things, right? It's, mm-hmm. and you know, to break it down, it's, we look for f- fulfillment in things a lot of times and, we're chasing. We do a lot of chasing and with chasing comes a lot of regret, a lot of frustration, a lot of tears, a lot of going in the wrong direction. Mm. Yes. A lot of going in the wrong direction. I don't, I don't know that I could say it any better than that. And I don't know that there's anything else to say. Mm. 
you know, I, I think I'll just share, I've got one last thought and I do believe that everybody has a choice here. Right. And, and I'm talking specifically about being broke. I don't know a ton about being poor. Um, and I think that, you know, there are a lot of cultures and a lot of areas that I don't have that experience in. And so I, I don't know what it's like to live in every area of the United States. So I'm just going to speak specifically on the, the broke mindset here. But I do believe that all of us have a choice. And in this day and age, you don't have to be broke. It's a mindset, but you can also make more money. You don't have to be okay and content with the amount of money that you're making. If you have other desires and you really want to make more money, you have the ability to do that. Use your skills, right? What are you good at? What are you, how can you entertain people? People will pay for all kinds of stuff now, folks, right? And, and it just comes back to recognizing that you have a choice that where you're at right now does not mean that you have to stay there. And so if you're feeling broke, take the actions you know, come up, start your plan, put together a budget, start to journal, start to create your vision for what it is that you really desire. That's your action that you can take today and start to make your future different. Yeah. I can speak on behalf of the poor. Uh, I grew up mm-hmm. poor. Um, if, if, uh, anybody would need kind of like proof or metrics of being poor, uh, one, my father, uh, after my parents split was homeless for a time. He, he owned a little, uh, repair shop that he slept out of. Uh, I think that's one metric. Another is I did qualify for free lunch at school because my parents were poor. Um, and I also qualified for Pell Grants, uh, my first semester of college because my parents were poor. So, by the at least by the federal government standards, we were poor. Uh, my mom was on WIC uh, and, and received food stamps. We were definitely poor. And to your point about you do not have to stay there. Mm-hmm. My father did not graduate high school. My mother did not graduate high school. My older sister did not graduate high school. I graduated high school. I don't know why. I don't know what was different about me. Whatever. I just kind of felt like, I guess this is what I have to do. And then from there, it was just a little bit different thing here. I don't, I made decisions. And then the truth is for me anyway, then I got saved and I made a whole different bunch of decisions that were less focused about me and more focused about others. And it just, it brought me out of that place. But the point being is wherever you are now is not where you must stay that you can make decisions that will get you to wherever you want to go. I'm living proof. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, and that's some major encouragement for probably a lot of listeners out there, right? That um, choices, right? And you can make a different decision. So I'll just throw it out there. What different decision are each of you going to make today? I think that's a good, good uh, question to end on. What, what different decision am I going to make today that's going to change the course of my future? Thank you for listening to the New Money Habits podcast brought to you by New Money Habits and Keeping Up with the Joneses Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our host by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. 
Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes. Join our growing group of like-minded people on Facebook and follow us on your favorite platform. Music provided by Summer School.